Warning, this podcast episode contains content that may be offensive to some listeners. Please be informed that the content on this episode and the views expressed by the hosts are meant entirely for comedic purposes. Listener discretion is advised. The anime industry could make an anime about George Washington himself, one of the most manly, crazy badass soldiers ever. History books depict him sitting on top of a pile of bodies after battles. Yeah, man. He would be a six-year-old girl with purple hair with a giant musket 30 times the length of his own body, her own body. With, like, American flag panties? We all know that, that America was founded on Lolicon. song Guren no Inia from the anime Shingeki no Kyojin or Attack on Titan by the artist Linked Horizon. This is Chiaki and this is episode 176 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our mission is and always will be to make your anime addiction worse. I stole that one today. I'm joined by Mitsugi and Cram. Wow, she's moving very quickly. That's right. What's up everybody? Thank you for joining us. We got shit to do. Keeping us moving. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating if you like us. We love reading them. And every time you drop us a rating, a Gundam gets its lightsaber. Is it light beam? Beam saber. Beam saber. Sorry. I made the wrong reference. Whatever. Lightsaber, beam saber. It really is the same thing. Actually, in the second episode of the first season <laughs> of Mobile Suit Gundam. They go, they go and they kill Luke Skywalker. Um, D- Disney, I'm gonna get so much hate right Disney now. Disney is gonna pile drive Star Wars into the ground anyway. So I'm sorry, I have to admit I'm more of a Trekkie. Um, anyways, uh, if you were, you'd call yourself a Trekker. Well, I I said more of, not a, oh, okay. not a true one. More of. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where you can like us and get updates from our adventures in Japan land. Twitter.com forward slash AA podcast, where we're also posting pictures and updates from our Japanland adventures and broadcasting live on Ustream.tv 
Follow us on Facebook or the forums to always keep updated on whenever the time will be. New forum members, yay new forum members. Welcome, Violent Emotion, The Count, Kinda Normal When Alone, Otaku Chris, Sharpest Bread, Nikon, The Scariest Umbrella, Dances with Ninjas, Amu Rice, Aborted Sheep Fetus. Oh my god. And why is that last, Mentos not mental isn't new. Well, she's resurrected. Oh. She's in the chat too, hello. Hi. Uh, and Mentos not mental? Resurrected from somewhere. But I think my name of the week, I, I went back and forth, but I think it might be Dances with Ninjas. Because you gotta be really limber to do that. I don't know. The scariest umbrella, after living in Florida for seven years and having many an umbrella turned inside out by hurricane strength winds. I like kind of normal when alone because it speaks to me. Yeah. <laughs> Does it make you feel really good? It does. Makes me know that there's others out there like me. Just like you. Trivia! The answer was 5 centimeters per second. Those who got it correct were Dances with Ninjas, Merrick Ishtar, Cyanide Toast Crunch, Zin1, Akiora 77 Anonymous Agent, Miss Bones, Manly Mudkip, Untamed Ryu, One Lost Panda, Friend, Crutch 910, Reiji, Shivam 4, Tyvoon, Icy Rose, Astrophysics, Nelly 1876, and Cool Mania. So well done, all of you. The winner was Untamed Ryu. This month's theme is still pictures named that show, so pictures not from the anime, but pictures that come together to form the anime's title. And next month's theme, Chiaki is on the ball and has already decided it will be winging it. Did you do a lot of caffeine or something today? Did you wake up and just take a big line of Coke? You just snort it? I have green tea. Does I mean, Coke have a lot of caffeine in it? Ah, Coca-Cola. Never mind. Well, they're both amphetamines, right? I, I, I'm asking because you're moving very fast. Well, you're always giving And I'm me... way I, I'm way back on like the website. You're you're always you're always giving me the spinny finger of death. <laughs> like the spinning circle of death. But it's it's Mitsugi's finger. Actually, we should make like a gif of that that people can mod their computers with that just Mitsugi's hand going faster, faster, This podcast does not need any more memes. Yes, it does. No, please. Go out and make them. But yeah, this is a very full show. <laughs> Which brings us to an almighty anime mailbag. I'm going to read the first mailbag because... Why don't, why don't I let them know how to submit mailbags? Okay. If you want to submit a mailbag, go to our main page, aapodcast.com, and there's a tab called Mailbag. It's like mailception. It seems too easy, but Man, it's the real this world. this is like... Chucky is... You are on bath salts this morning. <laughs> Put that green tea down. I don't know why you're freaking out so much. It's crazy. Can't, can't, can't get a word in. So this first mailbag question was extremely long, so I truncated it. If you submit mailbag questions, please try to make sure that they're less than 400 words. I understand that you wanted to explain, but I had to shorten it. So there is a, uh, there is a location in Texas called the Alamo Draft House Mason Park. It's in Katy, Texas, if we have any listeners in that part of the country. And at this location, Funimation and Sentai Filmworks has been using it to sponsor their new shows. And so they do premiere screenings and things like that at this location. And 
this was started back in 2000. ADV was doing it until ADV, um, you know, went under. But apparently that the attendance lately hasn't been that great, and so if the, if the attendance does not rise to 40 people or more, they're going to shut down the venue. So for those of you that love anime that live in Katy, Texas, there is a draft house at Mason, uh, Alamo Draft House, Mason Park, Katy, Texas. So check that out. Which this was just a nice little public service announcement. Yeah. And that's from Dubs For Me Please, doing his part to save the dubs. I'd really love to go to that. The Alamo Draft House is a world-famous theater. I don't know if you guys knew that. Sounds like a bar. Uh, they do serve beer. Yay! And they also kick your ass out if you use a cell phone in their theater. Oh, is this that theater? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, they're serious. <laughs> I remember, I remember watching something online about how the theater basically said, we'll kick you out if you use your cell phone. Like, right at the beginning, they put, like, a splash page at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then a woman used her cell phone, and they kicked her out, and she was, like, throwing a fit, and the entire internet was like, they warned you. Exactly. They told you that's what they would do. That's called delivering on a promise. All right, Krim, do you want to read the next one from Blaze Kazashi? Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. So Blaze Kazashi writes, Anyways, being that we just went through the super long election process in the U.S., it came to my mind that many anime characters have had opportunities to access great power paramount to that of the president. Some characters use their power wisely to protect people, while some get stabbed tragically by the end of the anime manga. Slash manga, rather. Uh, With that backdrop, what anime characters do you think would be capable to lead a country to awesomeness? What characters would cause a whole country to erupt into riots, chaos, discord, and eventual self-annihilation after pushing a red button or two? Kentaro Oe for the first one. I will stand behind (laughs) Kentaro Oe. The United States of Kentaro. The golden boy? The golden boy. He's the golden child. He'll lead us to gold land, prosperity, and panties. The skies will open and cash will fall. The skies will open and cash will fall. And we'll say... People will name their children Kentaro. And and health care is free for everybody. (laughs) Along with panties. Panties are free for everyone, too. Even the men. I I don't think I would want... uh, What's his name? Gendo Ikari? Oh, God, no. To be the president. That would be terrible. I could just see Gendo going, How many military forces do we have? Send them all. But, sir, this is a suicide mission. Send them all. <laughs> um, suicide, you say? Uh, send more, then. <laughs> Dr. Tenma from Monster would make a nice president. Very smart guy. Yeah, very, very smart. Very justice-oriented. But, yeah. and I will say that they, are, they, they did announce that they are working on a Monster TV. Finally. Live-action adaptation for HBO, which Mitsugi called on this very podcast about three years ago. So, yeah. Where are my royalties? I hope it happens. I have another one that will lead the country to doom. Hisoka from Hunter x Hunter. Oh, God. <laughs> Bring me all the God lookalikes. Why, Mr. President, sir? I want them uh, um, for my basement collection. Just do it. You know, Madoka could be the president if she weren't already God of everything. Why would you take that, you know, demotion? 
Or maybe she should be the president because she is god of everything. Excel, okay. Excel from Excel Saga would <sighs> would drive the country into doom and yes. turmoil, <laughs> and everybody would be starving and eating their dogs. You know, Bobots and screaming from, and running around. Bobots go from the chat brings up a good one. L from Death Note. I don't know if that would be glory or disaster. Maybe maybe pre halfway through the season because then he got a little weird. All right. Not a fan. We have one more mailbag. Uh, this mailbag is from... Let, let's let Cram read it. Oh, okay. This mailbag is from Mitsugi. And it says, this is a question for Cram. Cram, why are you such a hater? For the record, he actually sent this through the mailbag tab. <laughs> On the website. He didn't just write this in on the agenda. That's brilliant. I wish I had seen it there. <laughs> uh, why am I such a hater? Well, I'm, I'm not a hater. I I have very particular tastes. And if that if that paints me as a hater to those who are not in the know, who, who do not you know inhabit my own psyche, then so be it. That sounded sexual. Do you execute and excommunicate those who do not share the same views with you? No, I am not. Answer the question. I, I am. Did you order the code red? Uh, the Mountain Dew code red? You can't handle the truth. I, okay. You goddamn right I did. <laughs> and scene. Very, very good, everyone. So just a reminder, when Japan isn't being Japan and we're having a million things going on all at once... Uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, on Saturday nights is the new broadcast time. Officially. Unofficially. Officially? Yes, except next week. Um, yeah, and that may have to work next week. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many people visiting us from America and crazy things to go do, like the Princess Mononoke live stage play, which maybe we'll talk about next week, that it's hard to have a consistent time. I'm very sorry. Blame Mitsugi. I find that my world is better when I do that. So this episode, speaking of blaming Mitsugi, it's going to be all Mitsugi's fault if it isn't funny. Ha 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 I'm Chia always funny. It is going to be the circles of Church of Mitsugi Hell, so get ready, all you sausage acolytes. And then we have a slew of impressions. Glass no common deska, Ayuda, Shingeki no Kyojin, and Red Data Girl, and then three reviews of Magi, Girls on Panzer, and... Bakimatsu Ginjin Roman. So, stay tuned. Girls, idol lovers, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, according to Kyogo Tsuchincha, Detective Conan Private Eye in the Distant Sea has held its number one spot during its second week at the box office. The film earned 1.5 billion yen, which is about 15 million US dollars, at the box office and sold 1 million tickets in 10 days. It opened on April 20th and in the numbers one spot at the box office. It's the 17th Detective Conan film. 
it was 106.6% higher on opening weekend than last year's film. And I can definitely say over here, it's getting a lot of press, so it's not entirely surprising. In other news, Japan Foundation Sydney has announced Yuko Muraima events alongside an Evangelion art exhibition. So if you're listening to us from the land down under, it sounds like there's some exciting things going on in Sydney. It's an art exhibition tour that was organized by Madman Entertainment in collaboration with NTV Films. The Japan Foundation Sydney, the Art Center Gold Coast, No Vacancy Gallery, and the Gold Coast Film Festival. The exhibition contains an insight onto how the anime film series was created, and it showcases a collection of original concept, character, and production art alongside other items and points of interest from the anime series as well as rare, valuable Ava books, statues, tapestries, and other items are going to be part of the exhibition. So, to put it bluntly, it sounds like an Ava fan's absolute must-go-see. So if you're in Australia and you happen to check it out, take what pictures you can and let us know on the forums or through a mailbag how it was. I'd personally love to hear it. In other news, Something that will make Kimiko very happy, Shogakukan's weekly Shonen Sunday magazine has announced that the third anime season of World God Only Knows will premiere this summer. Manga creator Tamaki Wakaki posted last month that he was looking forward to more anime in July, so it has officially been confirmed. And finally, North American distributor Viz Media has recently announced that it has become the master license for the science fiction television anime Excel World. I recently reviewed Excel World, so go ahead and check out our previous episodes to find out what I gave it, because I think my review might be enlightening. Viz rights include videogram, television, online distribution, and all merchandising licenses for the series. The press release did not state whether the company will release the series on home video, but if it's going to come from ever anyone, it'll come from Viz. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back to the show soon. My name is Tony Oliver, voice of Arsene Lupin III from Lupin III the TV series, and I am an anime addict. And we're back to our Church of Mitsugi special. So... For all you acolytes out there, seeking sausage, seeking manliness, seeking wisdom of how to purge your negative anime ways, this is for you. Requested by Dino Animasaurus and Shakespeare. You know, you know, the Church of Mitsuki is special. Because we alone stand against the darkness that is the anime of the last six years. Just the last six years? Particularly, okay. yes. Continue. And so we had multiple requests for this topic from Dino Animasaurus, who writes, A Church of Mitsugi special, like the rules and casts out and cast outs that they hate. And Shakespeare, a show just centered on the Holy Church of Mitsugi, where you give us the anime, the sins of anime. 
So for maybe someone who found us on iTunes and has just pick up, picked up this podcast for the first time is going, thinking to themselves, why should I listen? Why should I listen to the back episodes? And they know nothing about us. First of all, welcome. Second of all, can you tell them about the Church of Mitsi? You have been slowly polluted, slowly perverted, in a miasma. <laughs> a miasma? Has permeated into our anime society. Through your ears. Through your ears. And your butt. Through your eyes. <laughs> That's why the sausage goes there. It's a cleansing action. Oh. You may not realize it, but anime has changed quite a lot over the last 25 years. Quite a lot. And in ways that go beyond simply the methods and the quality of the animation and the visuals and the music. I speak particularly of various things, including the Moe movement, which has proliferated in the last decade. But if you go back and watch anime that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, and then you watch anime that came out more recently, you will be so shocked by how different they are. You go from... Panties. Panties everywhere. You go from these full-length... Having so many full-length shows that tend to be of a more serious subject matter, even if they're not good, to shows that are just full of trash. And quite frankly, I see it seems to me that every fourth or fifth show now is three episodes long, and you can't get a story out of it. And the shows that do have full-length episodes, half the time are about Moe, the Moe, um, you know, four, four or five girl cast, or... Just rampant stuffing panties in your mouth. Yeah. Amongst other things. So. I just think that the quality of anime has declined and it's time for someone to step up and put their foot down and demand something better from the anime producers. And who better to do that Pope than Mitsugi. the Trojan Mitsugi? Pope Mitsugi. Yes. Could it be a perception thing? Because I, I, I want to throw my two cents in here and you feel like there's there have been more garbage anime produced in the last like you know gradually over the past 20 25 years or so and i would submit that 25 years ago we were only getting the best of the best because producing physical you know physical media is is difficult it's expensive so they would only bring over the very very best the the highest performing shows and movies and things from japan to the united states and your, now... Your logic is flawed. How did we get Cowboy Bebop then? What? Well, it's so Western to begin with. I, <laughs> I, I, I think that's... No, I, I agree with you generally. I just know that's an exception. Yeah, I mean, that's totally an exception. And I, I think that has to do with the, the content of that show and not necessarily how it performed. But I, I would say that these days, we are getting basically everything. Like, in the West, the West gets basically everything that comes out in Japan. There is almost nothing that does not get some type of distribution, you know, whether it's, like, streaming or some kind of physical release. And I would say that that probably contributes to, to your perception of more and more garbage anime being produced. As, as I listen to Cram talk, I, I agree that, you know, I, there's no measure of these shows over the and how, how the proliferation of them has actually changed over the, over the last years because it's such a subjective... It's too qualitative to measure. But I do turn to a source on the internet called Wikipedia, which is so credible. And I quote, 
As the first decade of the 2000s unfolded, Moe became increasingly popular and recognized, invoking a commercial interest in manufacturing and exploiting Moe, particularly anime including Kaon, Lucky Star, and Moetan, deliberately revolving around adorable, whimsical, clumsy, early adolescent girl characters in order to evoke, inflame, and manipulate the interests and affections of viewers. And I, and I reiterate, the first decade of the 2000s. So Mitsugi... So this I is, think it's time. But this is not this is not like a a serious topic really. I know. <laughs> it's very serious. Because, but, it's, no, play. it's no no, it's it is really, it is really serious. Be, because because, kidding, because right? Moe existed, you know what? Moe's not a joke. Okay. Moe's not a joke. But it is a matter. joke. <laughs> this is this topic's not even about Moe. And, and Moe and Moe existed long before the two thousand the first decade of the two thousands. It just wasn't as popular. Some would argue that Miyazaki himself created it. I'm putting that out there. Hey, you know, it could be. But this topic is about the circles of anime hell, okay? Test your anime fandom. We are going to test this by visually feeding you some hellish anime content. This is what we endure every season as we watch anime. And these are all the trials and tests that the church strives to break down that one must undergo if they wish to exist as an anime fan. Because you cannot watch anime today unless you can... Subject yourself to moe and uh, fan service and other unnecessary things that make our anime suck. It's kind of like walking hot coals or flaying your own back. You must do it. So the first circle of hell is the gate. Dun, dun, dun. Beach and hot spring episodes. And generally maybe culture festival episodes and Christmas episodes. Just the stuff that we always see. Like, always. That's that's the. I mean, it's it's the it's the equivalent of a Western sitcom doing a flashback episode or a bottle episode. You know, it's something that you expect to see because of budgetary constraints or creative constraints. You mean, <laughs> People you mean, who you just mean, can't think outside the box. Well, I feel like there's there's a culture now that it's almost obligatory. People are waiting to see the beach episode. Yeah. Even if it's waiting because. You're hoping, but you know it will happen. Even in horror anime, for example, Another, which is which, which was a show that only I was forced to watch, and I, I credit myself with relieving both of you from that burden. Isn't there a live? Isn't there a li- listeners? There's a live action movie as well, well isn't there? You should not watch the live action movie okay. either. This was a show. This was this was one of the darkest, most lifeless shows I've ever seen. Where not only is it about characters just dying, basically, and the characters in the show all were just these lifeless, soulless things that you couldn't possibly identify with in any way, shape, or form. They still managed to put a beach episode into the anime, and the anime didn't even have colors that lend itself to a beach episode. It was so dark. So many so many browns and grays and and deep blue per colors it just was it wasn't fitting for a so how was that beach episode <sighs> it was very awkward to watch the lifeless unlikable cast of characters trying to have fun at the beach it was a little bit like watching a guy have a tea party with love dolls <laughs> oh, buzz, buzz. So, yeah <laughs> And we have other shows too where this just doesn't fit. This this is just another example. We all we all know and love Outlaw Star. 
right? We all know it. That's, we all know. We it. all know it. Well, I <laughs> most people most. It, it, no, it's good. It's it, good. No, it, I'm not going to hate. It's on okay. That. If you put the nostalgia glasses on, it's a good show. Sure. Yeah. If 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 I, if I went back and watched it now, I'd probably hammer it a little bit. But back in the day, I loved it. So, but most of us watched Atlas Star on Cartoon Network, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's how I saw it. But did you know that there is an abysmal Hot Spring episode in Outlaw Star? Yes, I did know that. Oh, you did know that. I did. did they, you? they cut it out of the Western version, but I, I, seeked it out, <laughs> suck it out. Did, <laughs> did you sought? That's that it. That's, that's the word. Past tense. Wow. Do you know why Gene Starwind had to be dragged through that shit pile? Why? Are you going to tell me? Because there were boobs? Why did the creators feel the need to find a Japanese onsen in the middle of space? <laughs> Is it boobs? To see Asia's furry tits. That's why. Boobs! Furry tits. Furry tits. <laughs> Don't even act like that is not... Hey, it's furry love. Come on. We all watched Wolf Children. Oh, God. Yes, yes, we did. But when I think of furry tits, I just think of like a normal woman who has a hairy chest. Oh no, that's sad. So, so basically, I, so basically, as we as we make our way through this dank cavern, this miasma-filled gate into the hell that is anime, I I I challenge you with a with, with a concept. That there has never been a meaningful and necessary beach episode, or hot spring episode, or culture festival episode in any anime ever. Can I argue? Do you do you actually know I, I of a show have, that has a pivotal? I don't have something pivotal. I don't have a specific example, but I would say that in a, a slice of life show that's doing things well, like a good slice of life show, if one of those types of episodes pops up it feels more like it has more of a place in a show like that i do have does in other shows i do have one but it's not it's not true it's not it's not like that toddy toddy they okay. did things at the beach but the thing was it wasn't a beach episode it was like the beach was part of their community and there were a couple mm, scenes it doesn't really there. count so yeah it didn't really count this is like your the show's about mecca or you know, medieval battles, and then randomly they're just at the beach or in a hot spring for the whole episode. Oh, quick! I gotta fit my Gundam for its speedo. It's time to have the obligatory beach episode. Even MD Geist needs to cleanse himself after killing hundreds and thousands of people and children, and and refusing to sleep with women, which is so not Church of Mitsuki. So what people? So what people fall into the next circle of hell? Oh, okay. Well, as you make your way through the gate, you have tested yourself. And you should be proud, because do, the, do you know how circles of hell work? <laughs> they get worse as you go down. Y yeah, but circles of hell work like if you commit the sin, you end up in the circle of hell, and that's your that ends mm. up that's a sin that. Well, we're merely taking a journey to the, to, to the center of the earth, as we uh, as, uh, <laughs> as as it is said. Oh, okay. So so these are things people have to go through. Not that if you are these if you are a person who likes beach episodes, you end up in the first circle. But if you don't like the thing in the second circle, then you don't end up in the second circle. And let me clarify that the Church of Mitsugi is about the manliness. It's about Jojo. So this is less. It's, it's about Kenshiro. It's about having quality anime. Okay. So this is less Dante and more like Jules Verne. 
It's, this is just goofy, man. This doesn't right. Not, this is just, it's not the Divine Comedy. It's Journey is, to the Center of the Earth. This is pure. <laughs> this is pure comic relief, and nothing I say is really truly serious. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, and I bring with me a bottle of Trinidad Scorpion Pepper hot sauce for you to for, exhibit one for you to witness in the chat, because the Church of Mitsuki does, as, as our loyal listeners will know, condone the consumption of mass quantities of hot sauce. This is okay. I recommend I recommend drinking hot sauce as you watch anime, actually. So, as you make your way into the second circle of hell, we come to a row of people sitting at their computer desks, all in a line. Electric cords everywhere, are scattered. Talk, are you talking about us right now? <laughs> scattered along the floor. Giant containers of Mountain Dew. We're, we're almost, we're almost, almost close. And, a, and sitting around them is a choir. No, nay. An orchestra of hey. half-naked seven-year-old PVC figures. Like the figures are seven years old or like the characters that they... The <laughs> characters that they represent are seven years old. And you might say to yourself, well, maybe... Maybe the men that have that have had their souls condemned to this place, this horrible place, are themselves young, 12, 10 years old. But no. 30, 40 years old. 45. 45-year-old men surrounded by half-naked 7-year-olds. It's a wonderful place. <laughs> Church of Mitsuki's second circle of hell is... The PVC pervert. I want to add a disclaimer. It's kind of creepy even if you're a woman, too. Like, if you're a 40-year-old woman and you're surrounded by half-naked 7-year-old girls, that's also kind of creepy. These are the primary market, the primary consumption sources for Satan's child porn manufacturing ring. If anyone would have one of those, it would be Satan. Satan himself. That that kind of implies that Satan produces all anime. Satan himself has said that he is a connoisseur of anime and has had influence are into you, anime's production. Are you friends with Satan? Are you, like, tight with Satan? The Church of Mitsugi has its ears. You know... I cannot reveal my I cannot reveal my sources. I I cannot reveal the identities of our spies. I understand the church's stance on this issue. But if if it requires, if it if it takes selling these kinds of figures, these kinds of products to creepy 40-50-year-old men, 30 or even 30-year-old men, 20-year-old men even, you know? If that's what it takes to get one show like Flowers of Evil every season. If it it's if that's what it takes to get one show like Shingeki no Kyojin every season, then let them have it. Ah, uh, but I I encourage these people to cease the purchase of such figures as it may help to change the type of anime we are forced to watch. If the industry can't make money off off the production of these shows, they will no longer make them. I will say too, I don't like that logic because that's almost like saying like you know, if beating his wife prevents him from beating his child, 
then let his child be free. It's kind of like, no, neither should happen. <laughs> and so we as fans are partially responsible for the decay known as fan service that has exploded in the anime industry, especially over the last 10 years. You, we, we, we have to demand better of the anime industry. Don't you think so? I think the anime industry is taking advantage of a social problem. Sure. Perhaps. Genius of them. Satan himself has said so. Right. But it, Satan himself is a liar. Okay? He is, has been called the Prince of Lies. He is the Prince of Lies. You know, if this makes people happy and it puts money into the industry, I'm all for it. Like, I, I, I know, we're, I know, I know we're, we're goofing around, but seriously, guys. <laughs> but seriously, Cram, I don't agree with you. I know you don't. Because it's flawed logic. It's creepy. That's like saying, like, well, if, if you know, Game of Thrones gets a bunch of money by actually casting the actors as the age they are in the books... <laughs> And that gets more money for them to make the next season. Then it's okay. I don't know. I I just I I don't think that that. I mean, if if people just all of a sudden like for whatever reason we're like, you know what? No more moe, and that's it. It's done. Like no more no more PVC figures. No no more anything like that. I don't think that that money would find its way back into the industry through a different means. I think that that they are cutting off a revenue stream. You don't think so? No, I mean, I think some of it might, but I, I think that the well, the money that is going to those things... It's a very different topic. Yeah, it's very different, but... An interesting topic. Yeah. One that's probably worth discussing, but I think that disposable income is the, is disposable income, and if one anime doesn't exist, if you can't be a fan of one anime because it, because it suddenly doesn't exist anymore, you'll find another anime to be a fan of, and you may spend that money elsewhere. So going on with seven-year-old girls and their panties hanging out... I just think that the fans, including myself, we should demand more, a higher quality from our anime content. And the industry will reward us with different types of anime that do not have such fan service and inappropriate and unnecessary things in it. And again, nothing I'm saying today is really serious. So please, you can, you can be offended, but I am not trying to offend. I'm serious. It's, I'm 100% serious. This Can't episode... You hear how serious I am in my voice? This I'm so serious, too. I'm so angry right now. Can't you hear? This is my angry voice. This episode is the culmination of 175 episodes of podcasting frustration and demand from the listeners. Here, this is, this, is, this is my Bella acting. I'm so angry. I'm so upset. <laughs> Let me stare into the camera for an awkwardly long amount of time. Okay. So then... So... You have seen the horrors, the horrors of the second circle. But it's time that we make our way into the third circle. It's deeper. It's becoming a little bit musty, a little bit smelly. Get your Febreze out. You can almost hear Satan's chuckling in the backgrounds of the cavernous walls. The third circle of... Anime Hell, the elementary school succubus. You knew at some point there will be succubus in hell. I like the I like the word succubus. It has stuck in it. <laughs> succubus nailed it. Are perfect for hentai, but maybe not so perfect for your run of the mill gag comedy. Maybe not. Like. Ishida and Asakura. You mean like elementary school age or like teachers that are... 
sexy. No, no, no. Girls that are just too young. Oh, okay. This kind of feeds into the the PVC thing from before. Just it does a little. It does a little bit, but that's why they're neighboring circles. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, random ass fan service where it does not belong. <laughs> that's a uh, pun. I think about vivid vivid red operation. Recently, and that show wasn't it wasn't too over the top with the fan service, but. I don't know, Mitsugi. That show's, like, slogan was now with hot pants. <laughs> it's kind of on the nose, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a little bit. But at its core, Vivid Red Operation was basically K-On! With, with, mech, with, like, giant monsters. In hot pants. It was five girls. In hot pants. They all had, like, a different color, different instrument, you know. Different color hot pants. So, in the second circle, you witness a great battle. It tempts and intrigues you with its serious plot lines and subject matter. Suddenly, you are distracted by the sight of a nine-year-old girl's ass and enormous tits that sometimes move as if they were alive. I can tell you right now, as someone who actually has tits, they don't move like that. I can't make them move. I think it would be really kind of cool if I could, like just sitting at a bar making my tits jiggle, but I can't. What about what about the the marionette bra thing? That's fun, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but then it's like you can see the strings, you know? Yeah. See my hands right there going. Destroys the illusion. Yeah, it's not like I can just be sitting there, you know? Look, no hands, boobies jiggling on their own accord. We all know that a story about war, the slaughter of tens of thousands of innocents, what does this story need to make it just that much more compelling? How about random ass and tit shots? What do you think? I mean, that's what makes a show good for me. Do you think so? When I watch a show and I see lots of asses and titties, I am just, wow, this Oscars, throw them at this show, please. I mean, when you are piloting a mech and you are about to just go AWOL, you're just about to go balls out, do you want to go topless? Why wouldn't you? I mean... Oh, man. Right? It's so, it's so hot inside this mech. I need to take <laughs> oh my off my God. clothes. You, you are studying economics. You are getting your master's in economics. Sure. Giant tits. Why not? I d- I'm not going to name names, but there was a recent show that was supposed to be about economics, partially, but it ended up being about Maxim Magazine. <coughs> Mal- you, Satan Mal- himself Mal- prints <coughs> that magazine. We, yeah, we, that was we don't want to name too many names here. That was disappointing. But How about Japan's greatest historical warriors from the Sengoku period? Sure, let's make them eight-year-old girls with giant tits. Fresh, Sounds great. Fresh coat of paint. Fresh coat of boobs. You know. You, you could. <laughs> they could. They could make a ma- They could. The anime industry could make an anime about George Washington himself, one of the most manly, crazy badass soldiers ever. History books depict him sitting on top of a pile of bodies after battles. Yeah, man. He George Washington versus zombies. He would be a six-year-old girl with purple hair with a giant musket 
30 times the length of his own body, her own body. With, like, American flag panties? We all know that, that America was founded on Lolicon. And all of... <laughs> <laughs> he's he's, losing, he's it. losing it. <laughs> and on the backs of Lolicon, we will found this great nation to represent hot pants and moving titties everywhere. All titties shall be free of their bondage of bras. All girls will be underage and inappropriately dressed. And we shall stand behind this banner and call it the United States of Kintaro Oe's Lolicon. I, I I mean all of the lots of these I, I found we're just we're talking about fan service in in general, just kind of the things that make people want to. Buy hey man, shit. we're talking about serious issues here. Yes, yeah, serious serious issues indeed. Um, I mean, but these are these are all things that I think contribute to whether or not a, a show is enjoyable for people who are looking for something that isn't so obvious. That isn't so obviously what, you know, it isn't obvious what it's trying to do. You know what I mean? Like when you watch a show like 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 these that have so many moments of fan service and have all this, you know, partial nudity and all this kind of stuff. You know, for someone like me who's watching a show critically. Fap, fap, fap. And by, criti- by critically, I mean I'm masturbating <laughs> while watching it. Wow. <laughs> But seriously, when I'm watching it critically, it, it it totally ruins it for me. Like it completely pulls me out because I Of course. It, it, I mean, they might as well be breaking the fourth wall because they're speaking directly to me and saying you like the, you like these tits, don't you? What about these panties? How about this girl? You like this one? And that's not that's not for me. That's not why I watch something like, you know. So, here ever. Here's <laughs> Unless an, I'm watching porn. Here's a, here's an idea for you. Okay? You're watching Monster. You're on episode since we mentioned Monster already. Sure. I, I trust that you've seen at least the beginning of Monster. I've, yeah, I've seen like half of it, like 30-something so, episodes. you're at the beginning of the anime, you're at the beginning of the story, you're on episode like four, Dr. Tenma is pointing his handgun directly at Jonathan's head in the in the garage, in the parking garage or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Did Dr. Tenma suddenly become distracted by a giant, sweaty, sweltering pair of tits and miss the shot? He did. Did he? Did would he have that? if there was a giant sweaty sweltering pair Was, was he <laughs> making the first incision on Jonathan's brain to save his life and suddenly remember a scene from an etchy anime he watched previously that day and accidentally severed part of his cerebellum? No, he did not. Or a nurse stumbles in and her tit falls out of her, her scrubs. <laughs> oh my, how did that happen? Oh wow, this is wacky, isn't it? <laughs> That's another thing. Actually, I can't say that. Never mind. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if that's worth admitting. The well, end. you better do it now because you are on the spot. Well, I was going to say. Ta- it's, you know what? It's time for a Church of Meatsky confession, and the Pope is putting on his Pope hat. Who's I, com- was, I, was, I was just going to say that. Dearest child. <laughs> Confide in me. Confide in me your sins. I don't know. Is this a sin? I was just going to say boobs don't accidentally fall out, but I have had my boob accidentally fall out of my bra before. Not out of my shirt, but out of my bra. So, I mean, I guess it kind of does happen. I mean, boobs are jiggly. Oh, woest Moe influenced child. My boobs are Moe. Ye hath contributed to the Moe movement. Let these sins be known, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yay! 
the end. So, you are indeed resilient. You have you have surpassed our expectations and have survived the beach episodes. The burden on your wallet of PVC figures. The random distractions of the ele- of the elementary school succubus. And now you are entering the fourth circle. One of the most unforgettable traumatizing places you will ever be. That will surprise no one listening to this podcast. Italia cosplayer hell. Now why you got to do that? A nightmarish mixture of bad and obnoxious cosplay combined with the rampant popularity of a series destined to pollute the world's skies and oceans with its fluffy BS. Flags that will hit you in the face. United Nations romping through a con with a line so long that you can never hope to get to where you're going before the next panel starts. The strength and the influence of this circle is so powerful that its nightmarish scenes can sometimes appear even outside of hell itself at events known as anime conventions. 400 anime fans dressed like Italian cosplayers all screaming, Pasta! Oh, Italy, I love you! Like people who just learned their very first words. Why do you have to throw Hatalia under the bus like that? Of all of all of the problems there are in on the creative side of this industry that we talk about so lovingly every week, why just choose this one? You know what? Because there's nothing nothing quite screams to have a little bit of Moe injected into it, like a world conflict that included the Holocaust. <laughs> they made. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they made it worse in, in like, the American dub version. Don't you remember? They they put in Holocaust jokes that weren't in the original one. <laughs> their, their psychotic, caffeine, and sugar-induced excitement generates the smelly heat that we know as confunk, but Satan himself uses to heat his bathwater. Ew. That'd be a really smelly bath. That'd be like... That'd be like walking up to like three or four really fat guys and going, can I bathe in between you? Cram's Cram's going to (laughs) puke. In Japan, the Ofudo has a button, a a touch panel in your kitchen that you can use to heat your bath water in Satan's kitchen. In Hell's kitchen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't bring Gordon Ramsay into this. You get the hell out of my kitchen. <laughs> why did why did the chicken cross the road? Because you didn't cook it long enough. <laughs> In Satan's touch panel, there is merely a skull and crossbones on his heat the ofudo button. I thought you were gonna say he 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 burns Hatalia cosplayers <laughs> to heat his ofudo. <laughs> why wow. do why do the the Italian cosplayers? Generates such a terrible smell. Some say it's shame, but the real reason is that Satan himself feeds them My Little Ponies for dinner. What? Okay. All right. Mitsugi. Does that mean they fart rainbows? Look, you are in the fourth circle of hell. 
You are not amongst normal cosplay. This is the fourth circle of hell, and everybody knows that the confinement of criminals is expensive, and what the cheapest source of food in hell happens to be My Little Pony horse meat. Now and you're not, so be it. Now you're not even talking about anime anymore. <laughs> what's, ne- what's the next level? Justin Bieber? Come on. <laughs> Actually. Come on. Justin Bieber probably serenade you in the elevator music. Oh, baby, baby, hell time, baby. <laughs> and I, just, I, I would just like to reiterate, reiterate that really nothing we're saying is too serious. In case you didn't notice. <laughs> Mid-show disclaimer. This is the third disclaimer. Italian cosplayers don't always smell bad. That's a generalization. That's like saying white people like mayonnaise. We do, but... <laughs> Satan, Satan himself is the king of lies, and may, perhaps you are just being lied to. It is a ruse, a charade. Oh no, Mitsugi, Mitsugi, he's been sucked in. I'm gonna lay hands. I'm gonna lay hands. Demon oh. God! <laughs> Should I speak in tongues? I don't know what to do. <laughs> as Chi, as Chiaki layeth her hands upon the sinner. Am, am I a sinner now, <laughs> guys? No, not really. I'll lay my hands in a hug. Oh my goodness! The Hatania <laughs> cosplayers. I was watching. <laughs> I was watching you lay hands on me <laughs> in the stream because there's a delay, and I was I was just like absorbed into it. I was like, "Wow, she's touching me." <laughs> <laughs> I need to go look at my PVC figures. But even your PVC figures are not mostly naked seven-year-old girls. I don't think I have any like that. In fact, you have a very reasonable PVC figure with yeah, us this today. One. I forgot her name, but she's from Cardcaptor Sakura, the bitch that's always got a camera. She is fully dressed, and she is merely using a camcorder. She's not bent over with a thong on. <laughs> what is she using a camcorder well, for, you, you don't. You, you can't see her from this angle. It's very subtle. Well, but. she looks like she's at like a baseball game, so I'm just going to assume she's filming baseball because that seems reasonable. Hot pants baseball. You have now reached the bottom. The deepest. You can feel you can feel the core of the earth beneath you. Which scientists have confirmed that it's really really hot, as M- if we didn't know that. Melting the very rubber of your shoes. No, you're not in Florida. You're in the Moe Blob Canyon Cavern. And for those of you who are really listening, there are only five circles, so Anime Hell is, is a little shallower than <laughs> <laughs> real hell, apparently. Somewhere in the pits of hell, there are Moe Blobs, monstrous beasts that pollute our anime with cake-eating, cat ears, culture festivals, and stupidity. This seems really general. Really? Yeah. What is the blob? What? Who's who? Is that the fan? No, it's it's the the pile of of moe characters that they just get interchanged between every season. It's like, would you like the moe character A the who mold. likes cake? I got it. So, or would you like moe character B who has the short hair and is sporty? Right. Or would you like moe character? No, C? no, moe characters are not sporty. That's the that is the antithesis. No, I mean, they no, can be. sporty, as in, I'm more of the tomboy. Okay, Ur- Urban Dictionary says, Moe Blob, a character who is Moe to the point of lacking almost any other 
definable traits physically or character-wise, cuteness taking to an unappealing level. Oh, so just cute for the sake of cute, like no other personality. You traits. have no purpose. You have no purpose at all in the show or oh, your existence okay. whatsoever, other than to to exist just for the sake of being cute and selling marketing at its finest for Satan's PVC figure ring. Could you imagine what an existential life crisis it would be to find out that you have no purpose other than being cute? Like, what, what, what do you, what do you mean? I can't actually start a band. That's not what I'm here to do. Nope, no, you are cute. You are. That's all you are. You are cute. How do you think the My Little Ponies feel? Again, come, uh, really? Because Satan, I'm about to walk out. <laughs> Satan has himself informed them. He lets them know every day. See, in in the real in the real world, cows are ignorant of their fate, but the My Little Ponies live each day knowing. It's adventure time. Yes. <laughs> come on, grab your friends. Moe figures themselves are made of the parts of the My Little Ponies that even the Italia cosplayers will not eat. I just have this image of the demon thing from um, from Insidious on his like demon oh sewing God. machine, just sewing the parts of My Little Ponies together, going, "You need a dash of rainbow. You need a dash of apple spice." The bottom line is, <laughs> there is one. You know what? This has all sounded very grim, and the future does not seem very bright, okay? But you can take solace in one point, in one fact alone, and that is that Satan himself has created a safety net for the Moe Blobs. When he created the Moe Blobs, he anticipated that there could be catastrophic, catastrophic consequences down the road and created a fallback. In the event that the world should face a near extinction of the human race by zombie apocalypse, the Moe characters will be the first to be killed due to their clumsiness and stupidity. Non-athleticism. Aren't, hold Thus pre preventing their ability to repopulate the earth. Sleep well. Okay. Are we done? All right. <laughs> Please say yes. Please say we're done. <laughs> that was... That was maybe the king of the crack episodes. Um, so we're going to take another anime news break, and then we'll have impressions and reviews. So uh, go take a shower after that, and we'll see you in a bit. So many impressions and reviews. pink exorcists out there. This is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, film distributor Toei has recently confirmed that the release date for Buddha 2, Osamu Tezuka's adaptation of the Buddha franchise, will be coming out next February, not this fall as previously announced. The first movie of the franchise has already been released as of a few years ago. The original 1972-1983 manga tells the life of young Prince Siddhartha, the founder of Buddhism, and I probably messed up that name. 
Vertical released all eight volumes in North America in hardcover and paperback, and the story won Harvey Awards in 2004 and 2005. So it's definitely a story worth looking into, but if you want to see the film adaptation, you'll have to settle for the first one until next February. It seems that the Kuroko no Basuke threat letters have yet to die down. This past month, Shadow Trickster Kuroko Basketball-themed doujinshi events received threat letters. The event hall for Shadow Trickster Kanazawa received a threat letter on April 9th, and the event hall for Shadow Trickster Kobe received a threat letter on the 10th. The event in Kobe, which was scheduled for the 28th to the 29th, was cancelled. However, the event in Kanazawa was held as planned without incident. So hopefully that is showing that the person who is making the threat letters will not deliver. Several security guards were posted at the entrance to the event and the security guards checked bags for suspicious objects. According to the event staff, the inside of the envelope with the threat letter included a volume of manga wrapped up with the word KILL written on the wrapping. The accompanying letter said the sender would hurt unrelated people, quote unquote. Event staff cooperated with local police for the Kobe event, so it seems that everything is under control, but I'm just wondering when these threat letters will finally die down. It all seems kind of silly if you ask me. In other news, the official website for television an anime adaptation of creative team Niko Tanagawa's Watashi ga Motenai no wa Dol Kangare mo Omae ga Warui, or no matter how you think about it, it's your fault I'm not popular. Wata Motoe manga series will has announced that the anime will debut in July. It's a mouthful, but it looks like it could be interesting, maybe? It's a slice of life gag comedy, so we'll see how it ends up being if it's actually amusing or just falls flat. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. アニメアディクトアノニモスはエイミープレックスとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りいたします。And we're back to the crack episode. I mean the 176th episode of the Anime Addicts Really? Crack? I thought that I thought this last episode was actually quite structured. It was structured crack. Journey to the center of anime hell. I mean, it was sponsored crack, by the Church of Mitsuki. But the crack was in a neat little line, so I mean, I guess it was structured crack. Anyways, so it is now time for impressions. Um, I'm gonna bust out my one of my impressions really quickly. Uh, Glass no common deska. This is a three-minute episode show. Um, it is really, really crappy. Um, because it looks like it's basically manga with voiceovers and like flash animation and it's worse animation than that double J. It's like colored manga with like lips that are either open or closed and they just flap back and between, forth between them. Like, like the Canadians on South Park? <laughs> kind of. Um, and there's no animation. Not really. 
Um, and I thought it was going to be interesting because this is the one that's about the, the biker, the, the delinquent biker girls. It's based off of a manga. That's why it looks like the manga because they probably just scan pages and stuck it together. Um, but uh, I don't think it's worth watching. The end. Okay. Who's next? Uh, I will jump in. I guess I'll jump in here next and do mine. I really need to work on keeping these short because we are not working with an abundance of time here. But I am doing probably what is the most anticipated show of the season, Shingeki no Kyojin. And Shingeki no Kyojin is a show that is about titans that come in over that are basically facing humanity with, with its own extinction. It's about a young boy named Jaeger who lives in a walled city that has gigantic walls that are 100 feet tall that are used to keep these giant titans out of the city because this is basically humanity's last stand and the titans think humans taste good and they're going to eat you. Om nom nom. And so in the first episode you are you feel very desperate because they've painted this really grim atmosphere and then towards the end of the episode a gigantic titan smashes through the wall and titans come through and even though they, the humans think think that they're prepared for such a disaster, they're not. And so a lot of people get killed, including Jaeger's mother, who gets eaten, and he has to watch her get eaten, and her blood like flies like 600 meters. I don't oh, know how. And they flee into another more inner wall of the city, and this happens. The carnage continues into the second episode, and the third episode is more about how they begin like their training as young adults to fight back against the Titans. So that's. Because we don't have a lot of time, that's essentially the story. the The anime is really good. Uh, the intensity of the first two episodes alone certainly makes this show something that people should watch. It's pretty interesting, and the execution is very quite good. Um, I, I can't remember watching a show that made, that made me feel so desperate in the first two episodes as this one did. It was um, really spot on. I thought the third episode was kind of bad. I maybe they're painting some kind of a setup, but the third episode was full of wasted time and what felt like the establishment of characters that just for the sake of killing them. And I don't see if they're just going to kill them. I don't see why they have to spend a whole episode introducing them. You just kill them. I mean, who cares? Who cares? But um, I have been assured that this show is going to continue to be crazy badass, and there will be not a whole lot of disappointment. And the things that I've heard about the show are quite positive. And so Shingeki no Kyojin, Attack on Titan, is one of, I'm recommending one of these, sh this is one of the top shows of the season. It's a perfect fit for people who like action, horror anime, who love violence and don't feel too squeamish about watching someone getting eaten by a much larger person. So it's kind of like cannibalism, but maybe not. I'm looking forward to watching it, but I'll probably wait till everything's out and marathon it. And it has one of the most badass opening themes ever that has been set to all kinds of really funny videos because it has been claimed that the opening theme to this show will fit with anything, no matter what it is. Really? Yes. I'll you can find this that. on YouTube. I'm like, look that up. It's like a YouTube phenomenon right now. So one of my shows this season uh, is RDG Red Data Girl. Now, this was kind of an early season uh, release. It, it came out, and I think there's like maybe seven or eight episodes out. It's almost done already. So this is just for the first three episodes. So those of you who haven't already watched, you know, like eight episodes of this, I guess this is for you. Uh, but this is a studio, PA Works. Um, this is their next thing. So they're, of course, responsible for Angel Beats, another uh, Hanasaku Iroha. Um, and so they're, they're pretty prolific, and they always do really kind of beautiful work. I think that's what they're really known for. Um, the director is Toshio Shinohara from Gun Parade Orchestra and actually all four Inuyasha films. 
he did all four Inuyasha films. That's kind of good. Funny. Lord, um, the writer is Michiko Yokote uh, from Bleach, Blood Plus, Cowboy Bebop. Um, actually, she was a writer on eight episodes of Cowboy Bebop, and the music is by uh, Masumi Ito, and who has only done basically opening and closing themes uh, thus far. But um, but this person is now doing an entire score. So the, basically what happens in the first three episodes is that uh, this character, Izumiku Suzuhara, lives in a shel- lives a sheltered life at the real-life Tamakura Shrine, one of the locations in the Kumano Shrine's World Heritage Site. Uh, prompted by her forthcoming junior high school graduation and subsequent transfer to high school, Izumiku decides she wants to change something about herself, so she cuts her bangs. This is a decision that is clearly difficult for her, and it's punctuated by the fact that everyone except her closest friends reacts negatively to this decision, whether it's the shocked expressions of the people who she lives with and, and the people she works with at the shrine or the outright bullying she receives from her classmates. Over bangs? Over her bangs. Yes. That who cares? Really stupid, actually. It's they play it really well. Like because of the type of person that she is, she's got really, really long hair that's in braids and these really like striking red glasses and you know, she's got this core group of friends, but everyone else uh, doesn't really like her, and she's bullied a lot, and they'll find mm-hmm. any reason to bully her. Oh, okay. Uh, she also has a quirk. Every single electronic device she comes in contact with ceases to function. The trait is only hinted at at first when Izumiku casually mentions that she's broken two cell phones in a matter of weeks, but becomes fully visible in a bizarre scene in the computer lab where her ability knocks out all the electricity in the room and pro- probably the whole school, I think. But uh, anyway, her legal guardian while her parents work abroad is a friend of her father, Yuki Masasagara. He drags his son, Miyuki, to her shrine on the mountain and firmly asserts the young man as uh, Izumiko's protector. Why she needs protecting, we don't know yet, but it probably has something to do with her strange ability. Whatever the case, Miyuki is pissed about the whole thing. Like, this kid does not want to be doing this. She's a walking EMP. Yeah. Can I just say, I've never actually met anyone whose parents are just like, we're going to move abroad for an undisclosed amount of time. You're like eight, but, you know, hang out here with this guardian Deal with and it. we'll see you in a yeah. bit. Like, I've never met. That happens all the time in anime, and I've never actually met. So, after returning home, the Izumiku, Izumiko and Miyuki, uh, the, the <laughs> Izumiko and Miyuki enter a mountain, uh, encounter a mountain god whom they previously thought was one of Izumiko's longtime classmates. Um. Oh, actually, what, what had happened before was they, they took a school trip to Tokyo, and this is really important. I don't know why I skipped this. Izumiko becomes possessed by the Himegami, or princess god, and when Miyuki witnesses this, he begins to better understand his place as her as a fledgling Yamabushi, which is a mountain monk, and why he must protect her, although the audience isn't quite clear on all this yet. And again, it's just the first three episodes. So they get back, they encounter a mountain god who they thought was one of her longtime classmates. He informs the two that he he was created uh, corporeally when Izumiko expressed a desire to change and cut her hair, but he finds Miyuki a threat to the young lady that he has kind of grown fond of through the years. And in a show of her newfound power, Izumiko wishes the god away, followed by a ceremonial song and dance to unbind him from the mortal world in which he currently resides. And the third episode closes like the end of the first act of a play and kind of gives you uh, a, a short scene of her starting high school. And it's really like the first three episodes, it's like it's meant to be watched this way. It was so weird, <laughs> but it just feels like it opens and closes really well. But anyway, it's gorgeous. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up real quick. It's gorgeous. The characters are developing really well. The voice performances are really good. Music is excellent. It feels a little bit like Sasami-san, Gambada Nai thematically so far but I, I it's got other things to say clearly but I, i'm hooked i think it's i think it's really good so far yeah so everyone watch red data girl 
All right. So my last impression is an anime called Ayura, Ayura, which um, my slogan for this anime is now with crabs. Moe, now with crabs. Um, because the opening <laughs> is full of crabs. I don't know why it's full of crabs, but it's full of crabs. It's another three-episode series about these three girls, and the best thing I can say for it is that it's actually funny. I actually laugh out loud every episode. And and maybe one of the funniest little comedies I've watched in a long time. Um, so yay, kudos, but it's only three-minute episodes, so you still end up feeling like, oh, I wish there was more. The end. Blue balls. Yeah, there's really not much to the show. I, I kind of saw part of it. It's a slice of, like, gag comedy, but I like the use of uh, Steve Jobs with Think Crab in the opening. How clever. Okay, so we have about 24 minutes to do four, three reviews, and I don't think that's enough time, so I'm going to just jump right into Girls and Panzer. Girls and Panzer is a show that came out starting last October. It took a lot longer than it needed to to finish. There was a long gap in between some of the episode releases. Uh, so this is a show about girls that are trying to save their school from being closed. And the one way that they decide that they can save the school from being closed is if they do something very influential and make the school well-known for something. And it just so happens that one of the girls that goes to the school, her, she is the descendant of a famous martial artist who is known for tank battles, the art of tank combat, uh, Sen Shadol. I feel like that is against what the definition of martial arts is, though, just personally. Well, whatever, that's the, uh, sort of, sort of the description that they're taking with it. So, what happens throughout the show is that most of the show takes place within, within a school tournament. They, I guess they have to win the tournament, or else the school will, will be disbanded. And so this is, at its core, a tournament anime. You have, it very much so fits into the same classification as some other shows that you know tend to have four or five girl characters and that's about it Kaon, Soro no Oto and you know etc because you just have a you have a cast of although the cast of girls seems to kind of grow as the show goes on so the girls they, they, they learn how to do this tank combat they sort of develop their budget they get some tanks they some of the girls are really good mechanics and what happens is that the show just exists inside of a series of, of, of combat battles where, uh, whereby a team of five or six tanks um, engages in combat with another team. And basically what happens is, it's kind of like that, that game Tank Wars that you see on TV. Or that you see on like your iPhone and stuff where you just drive around and shoot people, shoot other tanks. And when you shoot the tanks, they don't explode and kill the, kill the girl inside, although sometimes I wish it would. Um, basically what happens is like a little white flag comes out of the tank and that's indicates that you've lost you, your tank is no longer op operable and so the team with with no tanks left loses surprisingly this show did a pretty good job of making the fight the the tank the fighting quote unquote engaging i i really didn't have i really didn't find myself being too bored during any of the particular tank battles they there are some type some instances in the show where, where they'll run into a tank that is has like 10 times the armor of, of, of all the other tanks and it kind of makes you wonder why the hell are they allowed to use a tank that is so much better than everybody else's you'd think everybody would use the same you know have the same general model of tank or whatever but no but they they come up with it with interesting engaging ways to take the tank on like um 
they'll like wedge themselves in front and behind of it, and in, in, in front and behind it, so that it can't move, and then drive another tank right up next to it and like fire point blank into its weak point, quote unquote. So th they come up with interesting ways to make the battles engaging. The girl characters are generally not that interesting. I I really didn't find myself particularly attached to any of the characters throughout the show. I mean, sure they're they're cute, but like that's not enough, you know. I mean, you almost find yourself more attached to the tanks themselves. <laughs> because you're watching the tanks drive around so much. Um, and it just seems like the, the number of girls just multiplied throughout the show, and the number of tanks on the team just kept getting bigger and bigger to the point where they couldn't give enough face time to any one character to really make you feel attached. Really, only the main female character ever got enough face time to make you feel any kind of attachment to, for her. Um, and that girl's name's Miho. The name of the academy is Oadai Girls Academy. That's in Ibaraki. Yeah, it actually is. It's a, a, in, in, in the Ibaraki prefecture, so yeah. right, right, right near where we live, so that's cool. There's a really famous aquarium in Oadai. Yes, there is. So, essentially, it's a school, it's it, it's a tournament battle, an, a battle anime with cute girls. The animation's okay. It looks nice, I mean, but it's brand new, so. One thing I really didn't get about this show was that most of the the schools they exist on aircraft carriers and so I I just don't get it I don't know it's some it's some science fiction type aspect like the, sh the world's been flooded or something some fantasy type-esque elements that really don't get any explanation so they're not important they're just thrown in there to be interesting I don't know the shows the show 90% of the show takes place in the tank battles really at the end of the day this show sort of just kind of felt like a run-of-the-mill average anime to me it it wasn't it wasn't boring i didn't hate it i didn't feel like i was wasting my time completely but at the same time i didn't really get anything out of it a, a year from now i may not remember it and it was sort of fun but it didn't really present anything too groundbreaking to me so i'm going to give it 2.5 busted tanks out of five i really think that if you're if you like moe type shows and you like military themes you probably might like the show although that kind of those are kind of opposite things moe and military yeah so it kind of gives you a unique blend in that sense but otherwise the show doesn't do a whole lot for you so 2.5 busted tanks out of five girls owned a panzer delivering you more german subtitles than you ever thought you could read I, I would like to see how many of the shows from this past season have gotten 2.5 because i personally i've given at least three so, well, you know, very, very mediocre. Dr Dramatic Pause in the chat says, it's actually a better sports anime than it has any right to be. But I would argue that the, I don't think Tank Battles is a sport. Don't know. Would you like to go next, Cram? Sure, sure. Okay, so um, the show I will be reviewing is called Bakumatsu Gijin Den Doman, and it is from Studio TMS Entertainment, who of course is responsible for Lupin the Third, Detective Conan, Bakano, Panda Go Panda, and a bunch of other junk. Writer is Tatsuto Higuchi, plus three others, um, and this guy wrote uh, some stuff on AK AKB 0048 Next Stage, Inazuma 11, Five Brain, uh, but he wrote six of 12 episodes of this show uh, and it's the most of the four writers so he's the you know he's written the most on the show of anyone else music is by Hiroshi Takaki who did music on AKB 0048 and Next Stage uh, and Dragon Ball episode of Bardock which is a sequel to Bardock the father of Goku what? I have not seen this doesn't Bardock die at the end of that? 
Yeah, first, first I thought he did. I thought he did, but he does. He dies. Uh, Frieza uh, anyway, obliterates him. There's a, there's a sequel, so who knows? But anyway, th- this is about Bakumatsu. So. Taking place in Kyoto during the late 1800s, Bakumatsu Gijinden Noman tells the story of Manjiro, a nigh-impoverished ne'er-do-well gambler who lives with his younger sister in her decorative chopsticks shop. But when night falls, he becomes the masked superhero Roman, an analog of Robin Hood, taking and returning things that were unrightfully stolen from the lowly citizens of Edo period Japan. It's really nice to see Monkey Punch's work on the screen again. There's so much personality conveyed in these characters' faces and body designs that it's really impossible to deny the artist's influence on the audience's connection to them. Uh, It's a shame the animation couldn't live up to the fantastic design because this show is ugly. Like, embarrassingly ugly. TMS Entertainment cut every conceivable corner to get this thing produced, saving a little scratch for some slightly nicer sequences toward the end of the season. Uh, but the characters aren't anything we haven't seen before. Besides the goofball hero Manjido, there's his cute little sister, a busty prostitute, a pervy old inventor, and a stoic badass. There's also a foreign mad scientist of sorts who I believe is supposed to be German. He speaks Japanese very strangely and incorrectly writes Japanese letters on the sign outside his clinic. He's a pretty funny character, but I'm not sure if I should be offended by his depiction or not, honestly. <laughs> Uh, he also slaps a woman in the last episode for basically no reason. What? And, and oh, the show, unacceptable. And the show plays it for laughs, so there's that. Is that okay? Not to me. It was it was a really awkward moment in a show that's more I don't or less think lighthearted. Domestic violence is not cool. So um, it, was, it was weird. And they put it on a foreigner. Come on. That's not cool. The main villain turns out to be a, a defected American Civil War general who has gone completely bonkers, wears an eye patch, and constantly sings My Old Kentucky Home in a crippling Japanese accent. What? Oh yes. my god. All aforementioned exceptions, you know, I'm sorry, all, all due respect to the voice actor, the, the poor guy is really doing his, uh, his best, you know. Uh, but with the aforementioned exceptions, all the voice actors bring something nice to the table, especially Kazuya Nakai with Manjiro. And he he's a performer that's probably best known for his work on One Piece as Doro no Azoro. So he, he played the main character. He does a really great job. I just watched Baku Matsu, whatever the guys the Robin Hood guy names, guy's name is, fire a missile and like exploded and thousands of coins flew out of it. Yeah. And all I can think is, that is like the world's largest... What, are the, what, what is the name of the... Military thing that explodes and sh- shoots shrapnel everywhere. A grenade, <laughs> something like that. Uh, some, yeah, that's not what I'm thinking of. But like, all, they're all happy. But all a I dirty think bomb is, is that right? Dirty bomb. Maybe that might be it. It's not it either. Bomb. But uh, all I can think is, wow, you just died. Thousands <laughs> of people just got killed by these coins. It's metal just flying everywhere. The story is pretty light and fun, and I mean, not surprisingly, it's a little formulaic. The series spends about half its runtime giving you very, very little backstory and showing you how Manjido and his crew of quote unquote get backers operate because they get stuff back for people. You get it? Um, and that is not a good anime. <sighs> oh, I've, I haven't seen that. That is an anime, isn't it? Yep. Um, anyway, how they operate in largely episodic installments. So, like, you'll get an episode about how they work, and they don't really run together in any conceivable way. Uh, but the last half is a combination of info dumpy conversations, flashbacks, and some pretty cool and coherent action scenes that build up the larger conflict. Uh, the music is great. Uh, the bygone big band style reminds one of the great Yuji Ono and his incredible work on Loop on the Third. Uh, some flourishes of traditional Japanese instruments make it its own, but it's the swing music of Monkey Punch's flagship franchise that really sells this thing. Uh, if the music were the only anachronistic thing about this show, I'd be a lot happier with it. 
but the show's pervasive goofiness gets the best of it at times. The show starts dipping into genres it has no business being in and clearly has no idea how to handle them with any sort of finesse. I can say with confidence that this is the first historical fiction I've ever seen with a Super Sentai Ranger fusing what? fusing mech suits, zombies, a giant laser cannon, and a one-eyed one-eyed gun-armed cyborg mounted on a mini tank at the waist. Some of this stuff can be fun while watching it like unfold, but there is no rhyme or reason for its existence. I think the show would completely lose me at that point. You know, the show took a little while to get off the ground, and it wasn't until the last five or six episodes that I really started enjoying it. Uh, it doesn't have very much to say beyond the rote good versus evil, dealing with regret, and a little bit of family doesn't always mean blood kind of themes. But what it does, it does pretty well. And surprisingly, this ended up being my favorite show of the season, and I give it three Lupons out of five. <laughs> three Lupons. Nice. All right, so my review is um, Magi. Or Magi, I have a or feeling whatever that the appropriate thing is. This is going to be the most substantial anime of the day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to, to keep it on time. you got about 15 minutes. All right. So, as always, I start off with a general plot summary to introduce you to what this anime is. Um, it's a loose retelling of stories from the classic Arabian Nights tales. And I call a very loose retelling because it's kind of one of those things where... You know, you have a book and you have a movie and the movie is kind of like, yeah, that's the same story in the sense that they have the same characters, but it's pretty much different otherwise. Um, so if you're a diehard Arabian Nights fan, don't go into this thinking, oh my God, I love the Arabian Nights tales. I'm going to watch Magi and love it. Um, it's set in a fantasy desert land filled with many different types of people and countries and creatures. Um, magic and the fantastic are still very much alive in this land. And the world is filled with what's called Ruka. It's the magical life source in every person. And the Ruka is depicted as gold or as black when it's corrupted and people are filled with regret and hate. So it's kind of, you know, obvious depictions. But only a couple of people in the world are known as what's called Magi, or very, very few, and it, it becomes important only toward the end of this first season so i'm not gonna explain it because throughout the whole series you follow aladdin uh who is a magi and he learns what it means to be a magi but basically in a nutshell what makes magi special is they have the power to draw endlessly from ruka so everyone has a certain amount of magoi or which is essential which in essentially is magic in them and they can become depleted but Magi basically can never become depleted because they can draw endlessly from the Ruka around them. And they use these powers to support what's called chosen king candidates. So it's basically the Magi exists to choose who will be the next king. Aladdin is exploring what it means to be a Magi and in the process befriends a young man named Alibaba and a mysterious girl who starts out as a slave who ends up being freed in the first couple of episodes named Morgiana. So that's a general plot introduction to the anime known as Magi. Here's the technical. Magi is based off of a manga which started in 2009 and is still currently running with 16 volumes. So there's a substantial amount of content that this is based off of. Staff. The director Koji Masunari has little other notable credits other than Read or Die OVA, which stands out to me because Read or Die OVA is, was really well done, and the action sequences in Magi are fantastic, which I think shows from his Read or Die experience. 
Otherwise, the series has a Mack Truck metric ton of episode directors, storyboarders, and key animators. To pick out one other notable person involved on the staff is the art director Ayu Kawamoto, who worked on Number 6 and Kodomono Jikan as the art director. And the art is really well done. The character designs are fantastic, they're intricate, they're engaging, and the whole world feels like it's this own separate world. Everything has had a lot of thought put into it that it seems familiar, but it's still its own, its own thing. So there's nothing about it that it's it's familiar yet it's not like I've seen this a bajillion times everywhere which is very nice it would the animation was done by a1 studios which is a subsidiary of Sony music's Aniplex they've worked on other shows such as black Butler big windup and fairy tale so they've had experience across the board and they're a really fairly big studio all things considered with a lot of big backing so speaking of the animation as I mentioned before the fight scenes are very well animated and all the animation all around is very well done, especially for a shonen show, all things considered, because shonen shows normally run forever, and shonen shows tend to cut corners as a result. Of course, there are corners being cut here. It's a TV show, so there's only so much budget, and yes, it's going to be long. But the animation is pretty good, I'd say. Um, that being said, toward the end, they start getting sloppy with the animation. The fight scenes remain really good throughout. The action remains really good throughout. But the other animation, especially at the end, gets really sloppy. Like there was one scene where a character was talking and their lips weren't moving. And then halfway through their lips started moving. And it wasn't that my sound was off. It was just lazy as hell animation. Um, so... That kind of cuts in toward the end, which, you know, is a little disappointing. But when I say cuts in toward the end, I mean kind of like the last two or three episodes. So you don't have to deal with it for too long. Music. The music is catchy, diverse, and well done. I don't think it's going to win a separate awards for any music in our anime Oscars or anything. But it's above average in my book for a shonen show. I think the reason being, and I maybe if I go back and listen to the soundtrack separately, I would get more props, but the man who did the music is Shiro uh, Sagisu, who also did the music for other shows including Bleach, Evangelion, including the reboots, his and, and his and her circumstances, to name a few. His oh, titles really? are really, really long. Yeah, he's done music on a lot of things. His and her circumstances has some great music. Yeah, so... I mean, for a shonen show, I consider it far above average, but I don't know if it's music that's going to, to change anyone's life here or there. So here's my review. Um, and this review, this anime uh, already has a second season announced for the fall, which of course I will be watching. It's shonen. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to... I, I don't know if it's going to stop at, at 50 episodes or not. I, I can't make that call where we are now. As of right now, I'm getting the vibe that it's not, but I don't know. Um, so, please bear in mind that this review is literally on the first season and that I'm going to be revisiting it later. Um, because of that also, the ending, and I'll say this at the front, it's, it, the ending was literally a to-be-continued ending. It, there, there wasn't, it was almost kind of like, they're like, we got a second season, we're not even going to try to wrap this shit up because that's almost doing it a disservice. Well, this has happened before with anime that we reviewed, so... Yeah. You can just do another review and it's really finished. And I will, but what I'm letting people know off the front is that I'm not entirely faulting it for the ending, and if you watched it and you go, Chiaki, the ending sucked, I'm not entirely faulting it for that because it's it's going to continue through. 
Um, I'd also like to say that I haven't read the manga. Um, and being a, a good little girl and doing my homework, um, I've discovered many people on the interwebs lamenting about the pacing of the anime adaptation relative to the manga and certain parts being rushed and the pacing being too fast. And I'll touch on this a little more in depth if I think it's good or bad that I haven't read the manga, especially with regards to the pacing. Um, but if it's a pro or a con, but... I just want to disclaim that I haven't read the manga myself, so I'm not coming in with a previous background of this franchise. So the first season, the series starts out with a bang. Right off the bat, we're meeting the main characters. We're being introduced to the engaging world and getting involved in backstories inv involving poverty, purpose in life, and slavery, to name a few. So there's, there's content there that's right off the bat. I will say, and if you're watching in the chat, you've already seen this, but they do a chibi thing every now and then with Aladdin, um, kind of as the comic relief. And there's some boob jokes and whatnot. I've noticed that it's heavier in the first couple episodes and they stopped it. It still exists a little in later episodes, but they, it was more frequent in the first couple episodes. So if it, if it annoys you, it'll go away some. But we, we meet Aladdin who you know off the bat has a greater purpose and you don't really know why or what it is and and the whole throughout the whole first season we're discovering what it means to be a magi with Aladdin and he meets Alibaba who wants to be a dungeon capture and dungeons are these large tower places with treasure rooms and basically it's exactly what you think it would be with a dungeon there are tests and trials and you go into it and you could only leave when either you die or you complete successfully complete the dungeon and inside these treasure rooms are, of course, an, a wealth of treasure and gins. And gins are, of course... Evil gins? No, they're not evil. Oh, really? They sometimes are. Sometimes, yeah. But, okay. but these gins aren't evil. And the gins will reward the person who completes the dungeon by basically becoming... Lending them their power. And so dungeon capturers will have special weapons and gain special skills from capturing the dungeon. Is it, is it like dot .hack? You have the chest at the bottom of the dungeon? It's kind of like that. I, um, I enjoyed that about Dot Hack. And, and it's kind of fun to work through the dungeon. So, within the first five or six episodes, they capture a dungeon. And it seems like the series has already completed what it set out to do from the start. But the one amazing thing that the series does have going for it is its constant progression. By the end of the first season, capturing a dungeon doesn't even seem like it's that big of a deal anymore because the characters have moved so far past that in a good way. And so. It's kind of like what, what they set out to do at the start, all of a sudden when you look back you say, wow, they weren't even, they didn't even realize their, their greater purpose, their greater fate or whatever. So after these awesome first few episodes, we meet our main cast and they end, they end up actually splitting apart for the second arc, arc, which seems relatively slow and comparatively pointless. The whole time you're wondering if the characters you thought were important actually are, or if it's really about um, Aladdin, and then the other characters go away, and it's about Aladdin's uh, course in life. And, spoiler, they are important. Morgiana and Alibaba do come back, despite this arc. So yes, the arc ends up doing some things for character personal evolution, and it ends up being necessary to split up the characters, and I won't entirely say why, because it's kind of surprising. But... I think the adaptation from the manga here is maybe weak or lacking because this whole second arc you're feeling like it's pointless. And I'm sure in the manga maybe this part is much better. 
Or maybe the anime is better because it blows through a boring part of the manga when they split. I'm not really sure, but the second arc, I will say, looking back on it, it looks much better because I know why the second arc existed and it set up a lot of things. But when you're going through it, especially after that first arc, it seems really boring. So push through it. There's a purpose. There's a, there's a rhyme to the reason, I'll say. So after that, all the characters come back together, and unsurprisingly, unsurprisingly, things pick up and get really interesting again. And there are two more arcs following the second arc, so there's four arcs in the series in total. The third arc was my favorite, and it felt the most developed. The fourth was so-so. It felt like the progress that was made in the third arc was removed as the characters moved on from their achievements rather than building upon them in some way. So I'll just say at the end of the third arc of the story, something that seemed like it had been building the whole time finally was accomplished. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the third arc and the beginning of the fourth arc, the characters are removed from all of their accomplishments and it's almost like it didn't even matter. And that's kind of frustrating. And it might be something like the dungeon capturing where once I get another 20 episodes ahead, I'll sit there and go, oh, that wasn't really important anyway. So it might be something like that where once I get another 20 episodes ahead, I'll realize that it wasn't even important. But as of right now, it's kind of frustrating because I wanted to see more with that. And you don't really get to. So beyond that, it felt like aspects of the fourth art existed simply as a way to introduce more of the world that we won't even see till the second season. And it's kind of frustrating in that sense because the fourth arc is basically a setup and a teaser for the second season where right up until the end you're finding out things about the world that you're like oh my god really i didn't even know that until this point and it's a pivotal a pivotal plot point so i read the ending is not actually a manga ending but an anime adaptation to kind of bring it to a close Again, I can't confirm that or not, but if they did make up an ending for the show, it really wasn't much of one. The ending is a big fat to be continued, and if there's any kind of closure, it didn't even feel like closure. It was basically closure to that arc at best. But I'm not complaining. I want more of the series. It had great action, great humor, and really good characters. It does have flaws, obviously in the fact that I'm not able to sing a lot of praises with regards to the depth of the story, and at times it felt like it moved way too fast so that any accomplishments were blown yeah, past. it's shonen. It is shonen, yeah. But the series is entertaining and has everything you need to have a good shonen show. Good action, good characters, and battles that seem to get more impressive as time goes on. Things that the characters are doing at the end of the show seemed impossible for the characters at the beginning of the show, which I think is a trait of a good shonen show. I'm looking forward to future seasons, but since I have to review what's out right now in case future things get cancelled or whatever the case may be, I'm going to be forced to give it three and a half flying turbans out of five. I think the series could end up being really, really good, especially for a shonen show, but the reason why the score is lo relatively low for now, despite all the good that I've said about it, is because, well, the ending and the overall pacing doesn't seem to allow for anything deeper. There are moments that we get kind of these deeper meanings and tears welled up in my eyes, and then all of a sudden we're, we're moving past it. There's no kind of sit and absorb it for a second. It's not finished, so it just can't get an amazing score. But on an overall entertainment level, it fell pretty high for me. I think if you like shonen shows and you enjoy this brand of fantasy, then you should get on the show now because my impression is that it's very likely that it's going to be really long running. Good review. Take a breath. Take a breath. 
Take a breath. Nice job. Thank you. I enjoyed Maggie. I really did. I really did. Shonen shows are normally entertaining. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's it, worth watching. At least. Yeah, at least it, entertaining. Not much you know. depth, maybe, but normally entertaining. And and I would say, as far as depth goes, this show maybe has more than a lot of other shonen shows. And the reason why I'm rec- recommending it to people is the fact that people should get on the bandwagon for shonen shows when they come out. Because look at shows like Fairy Tale that's already at like 150 episodes or something. Or Toriko. Toriko's already, I think, at 100. Yeah. yeah it's over 100, I think. So Hunter Hunter's almost at 80. Good Lord. So if you want to get involved in the show, it, it seems like it's worth getting involved in too. So I recommend watching it. That way when the second season comes out and then the third and the fourth and however many long. And the second season isn't coming out until September. So or September or fall or something like that. So you have time to watch this first season still all right good episode a silly episode but a good episode we did it yay once again we have accomplished our goal hopefully in making your anime addiction worse you can find us at aapodcast.com itunes don't forget to drop us a rating because every time you rate us a nyampire gets to suck blood Facebook.com forward slash Animatics Anonymous podcast where you can like us and make sure you get updated on the show information every week. Twitter.com forward slash AA podcast where you can get our live updates and photos from Japan and where we broadcast live every week on Ustream.tv. If you can remember AAAPodcast.com, you'll get links to all of those. Thank you, those of you who joined us on the Ustream. We know that it's kind of annoying that we keep switching the time, but... You loyal fans are what makes us keep doing it. So Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Taking us out tonight is the song Kono Namida wo Kimi Sasagu from the anime AKB0048 Next Stage by the artist No Name. So take care, everyone. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>